And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good evening, everybody. Can everyone hear me okay? Yeah, coming through all right. Excellent. Thanks, Neoma. Thanks for that. Um, I've realised this evening that I'm officially old. That's, what, that's what's happened to me in the last 15 or 20 minutes here. And uh, I used to do dramas and whatnot with my youth group when I was younger. And invariably, someone much, much, much older than me would come over afterwards and go, you know, it's such a joy to see young people like you in church taking part. And I sat there thinking to myself, involuntarily, it's such a joy <laughs> to see young people like you taking part in church. It's, it's been a great evening so far, hasn't it? And I'm hoping not to ruin it with this talk. Can I pray for us before um, we, we dig in? Heavenly Father, it's your word, this is your church. We come before you, Lord God, um, having experienced such a beautiful depiction of what you did. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you that, that you did it. In Jesus' name, amen. Good stuff. So just so you know, anyone doesn't know me, my name is Jamie. I worship here. I am Chloe's husband. And I love it when phones go off when I talk. I love it when kids shout and scream when I talk. I've got 600 children of my own. And that, please just chill out. Don't get stressed in church. It's messy church here, not stressy church. All right. So we're looking at joy. Joy. When Chloe spoke to the young people and said, what's the message tonight? When you plan this service, what's the message? They said, we want joy. We want the talk to be about joy. And I'm pleased that they said to speak about joy because actually joy is what we feel a lot of the time. Joy exists. Joy actually exists. No matter what you're thinking or feeling right now, no matter how your week has been, no matter how your year has been, no matter what kind of Christmas you're facing down, and Christmas can be a difficult time, joy exists. It's a fact. It is. It has a source. It's not just an emotion. It's something that God created And therefore it stands eternally and it's right there for us now if we open our hearts to it. Now, joy is present at all levels and I want to take you to a moment back when I was 13 years old, before I was an old man, when I was in fuel. And um, it's a moment where I know I felt joy, albeit on a trivial level. And I've written this, this moment down, I'm going to read it out to you. Because actually this story has now become the stuff of legend in South East London, my achievement that day. And um, I think it's important that I recount it to you honestly, um, accurately, with all of the facts and no exaggeration. Okay, so here we go. There is in Plumstead a wooded hill that goes down from Winds Common to Abbey Wood. And believe it or not, it's actually called Bleak Hill. Let me take you back to a moment when I was 13. A good friend of mine called Chris had suggested that we go to Bleak Hill, that we go on the rope swing that was there. You know the really good ones that are made of blue rope, you know? So we were going to go do that. Um, games consoles did exist at the time, but we were, we were cooler than that. When we got there, the rope swing had snapped. Oh, 
Oh, no, I, if you're affected by any of the issues in this story, there, there is a pastoral hub and a prayer ministry team. But the um, rope swing had snapped anyway. Uh, I don't know who goes around setting up those rope swings. Um, it's not me. It wasn't Chris. So we gave up on plan A and we moved to plan B. We wanted to play a game of cokey, cokey, throwy, stony, coney, coney, I think we called it, something like that. It was very simple. You place a can that you find in the woods. It was a Coke can on the traffic cone. And then you try and throw stones at it until someone hits it and knocks the can off. Now, remember, this is, this is a wood in Plumstead. So traffic cones and empty Coke cans are almost as plentiful over there as trees. So it didn't take as long to set it up. Chris, ever the control freak, decided that he was going to set the rules of engagement. He told me no uncertain terms what they were, and I really wanted to beat him at this, because I, I wouldn't say this to Chris, or I wouldn't say this if Chris were here, and I hope he doesn't hear a recording of it, but he's generally better at sport than me. Also, after the devastation of the broken rope swing, I was in need of some joy. My, my dreams had been shattered. So I popped an inspirational opal fruit in my mouth. Do you remember when Starbursts were called opal fruits? And I put one of those in my mouth and I wriggled my toes in my Reebok classics. And I began to search through the syringes and carrier bags and discarded bits and bobs of the woods. And I went to select my stone. I was was like a young King David searching for a stone to slay a giant in that moment. And I straightened my back. I straightened it like a really strong person who was about to teach a bad guy a really, really important lesson. And my broad shadow, it cast itself over a gammy-legged pigeon. And that pigeon, it looked at me. And I looked at her, and she nodded slowly. And I nodded back. And in that moment, I knew that nature was on my side. I'll take questions after, son, don't worry. (laughs) I flung the stone with all the skill of what I would describe as Captain America's more talented and better-looking younger brother. As I remember it, a crowd of children onlookers gasped and reached for their autograph books. Various people fainted with shock, and the BBC commentators that sat at the desk just next to me screamed, It looks good! It looks good! Then time slowed down, believe it or not, and my eyes fixed on that rotating missile. Specks of plumpsted dust and probably small fragments of forensic evidence flew, like sparks from an angle grinder, all bleak hill lay silent, save for the soft squelch of nut particles falling from the open mouths of transfixed squirrels. Up until that moment, I'd never seen a Coke can flinch, and I haven't since. But on that day, that, that day of days, I promise you, it hunched its shoulders and turned away, its eyelids flickering in fear, but to no avail. Crack! The can was struck. It flew into the air, looking really miserable. Undiluted joy rushed through my veins, and the trees of the field, they clapped their hands. Still don't know what that means. Climate change and global warming and stuff was momentarily reversed in that moment, and NASA picked up the reverberations on satellites, and astronauts spoke about it in spaceships. All questions of doubt that hung over me were answered in that moment. It all lay before me. My SATs were going to go well. My GCSE results would leave a lot to be desired. But my A-levels would be necessarily resurgent. I could see it all. My past and my future. 
all was aligned for me in that moment. A boy had become a man. I could almost feel my armpits getting hairy. (laughs) And as for Chris, Chris bowed down. Oh, how low Chris bowed that day, proclaiming two things. One, that he was small, and two, that I was big. Our destinies were set that day. He went on to be a civil servant, and I now run a food bank. Don't worry, Chris, wherever you are. It's actually well in Garden City. That's where it is now. You might set the rules of engagement, but it is I who gets the job done. I felt joy that day. Applause. <laughs> Lovely. What a moment. What a moment it was for me. Um, if, you're, if you're interested, young people, about what it's like to invite your friends to church... Chris was my mate from school that had nothing to do with church, and I invited him occasionally. And when I invited Chris to church, um, he decided it would be fun to pull one of my other friend's trousers down in front of everybody. And um, that's that's why I always wanted to to beat Chris at stuff, and why you should always choose which friends you bring to church. Vet them carefully first. You see, joy, and don't let my humility and understated disposition fool you, like, joy is present in, in, that mo- in those moments like that. In fact, everything can align for us, can't it, in moments. And in that silly moment where you know you've done a good throw and you're going to hit your target, something synchronises, doesn't it, in your mind. And that is what joy is. Let me ask you a question. Is there a situation in your life right now, and I really want you to try and think about this, that's going wrong or going badly for you, stuff that you really need to get sorted, I can tell you now that counterintuitively, if you attempt to seek to inject joy into that moment, you will get somewhere with it. Eric Liddell, who's a local boy, the runner, famously said that he felt God's pleasure when he ran. That is the physical meeting the spiritual, and the result of the physical and the spiritual meeting joy. When heaven touches earth, you get joy. It's not just an emotion. It's the soul's conviction that rightness and justice will reign. If not now, then someday. It doesn't require the absence of pain or sorrow, because we all feel those. These do not frighten joy. It doesn't come from within us. It reveals itself to us as we live our short lives on earth. And it comes to us unexpected times. Joy isn't logical, is it? It thrives against the odds, it pushes through and outlasts hard times. It actually fuels the graft that leads to triumph and it enables the oppressed to both stand up under oppression and outachieve the people that are oppressing them. Joy is defiant. Joy stands up. It's a weapon. It's how to thrive no matter what. Joy says... No, I won't be crushed by circumstance. I can and I will prevail. A person with joy says, I might have nothing, but joy, joy is mine. No one can take joy away. Joy is the hallmark of every black spiritual song written by the slaves in the fields as they worked. They took that monotonous repetition of the scythe or the hammer or whatever work they were doing and they turned it into a pulse, didn't they? They turned it into music. And in that music we find deep and moving, undefeated joy. 
Joy isn't a proportionate response either. It's overexcited when you should be silenced, and it's a still calmness when you should be shaken. It can throw your hands in the air, and it can bring you to your knees. You can laugh with joy. You can cry with joy. It's a good friend like that. It is present in all your good memories, and it sustained you through all of your bad ones. Births, baptisms, graduations, new jobs, marriages, retirements, all filled with joy in their own way. If grief is the price we pay for love, then the pain of grief in the present can only be the result of the joy of the past, can't it? And when that pain settles into a healed wound, the joy lives on. The joy continues Joy is in many ways a time traveller like that. It can be found in a moment, it can be found in a memory, and it can be found in a motive. You can look forward to a future joy and feel something of that joy in the present, even when you haven't experienced that thing yet. And you can draw joy from the past, and you can feel it well up inside you afresh, right where you stand in the present day, as if it never went anywhere, and it was just waiting for you to tap back into it. The experience might be long gone, but the joy was just waiting to be relived. Joy can sometimes only be perceived in retrospect. For example, the joy of childhood is often entirely lost on the child. They're too busy just getting on with being kids. Right now, kids everywhere are in agony waiting for Christmas to actually come so they can get their presents. But every adult knows that actually it's that agonizing expectation that's the essence of the true joy of Christmas and the build-up when you're a kid we look back at it with different eyes don't we we also sleep on Christmas Eve and they don't which is lovely every parent that ever built and helped build a Lego set on Boxing Day has in their heart savored that moment as a precious revisit to their own childhood but this time recognising more deeply the joy. Grandparents, and I need to be careful because my in-laws are in the building tonight. Grandparents to my children. Grandparents smile lovingly at their grandchildren's tantrums. Have you noticed that? As absolutely knackered parents search with bloodshot eyes for the nearest naughty step, they somehow smile. It's because, one, it's not their problem anymore, and two, the grandparent can see what the parent cannot. Tantrums are actually part of the joy of parenting. And no matter how tired they were, no matter how stressed, if they could go back and do it all again, they would, because they now see that all of it was a massive, poo-filled, vomit-ridden, anxiety-racked, Who's doing the school run, messy bedrooms, toys in your work bag, eat your vegetables or there's no pudding joy. Parents tonight, take courage. You're actually having a brilliant time. You just don't know it yet. Your tiredness is a joy. Your heartburn is a joy. That back chat this morning, that was a joy too. Congratulations, guys. Joy, joy, joy. We joke, but it is a joy, isn't it? Joy is found in a deep sleep. That was exactly what you needed. Joy is found in that moment when something you didn't understand finally clicks. Joy is found when you put the world to rights with a good friend. Joy is an easy silence alongside someone who just gets you. Joy, lads in the youth group, is that moment when she walks into the room. 
and knows that your clothes are, and I apologise for any embarrassment caused here, incredibly sick, or that you are an absolute fan, I think that's how you use that one, or you are really, really drippy. Joy's being 37 and sitting on a Thursday evening and laughing at how much you're going to enjoy saying those words. Joy, girls in the youth group, is when he rides in on his horse, in his shining armour, and he shows you that he loves you by hitting you with a cushion that smells of his own B.O. and pushes you over on a beanbag. Be still, your beating hearts, as I depict for you here just one of the great romantic joys. Don't look at me like that when I say romantic. Romantic joys you can experience while in fuel or legacy. Joy is when it all comes together and your life synchronises spiritually with everything God has ever wanted you to feel and experience. When I run, I feel the Lord's pleasure. Do you remember that from Eric Liddell? When I run, I feel the Lord's pleasure. It's like coming up for breath after a long time underwater. It's right, and it's what you need. And it enables you to plunge again and keep swimming. Joy isn't a luxury item for human beings that you can do without. It's not selfish either. It's too elemental for that. It's, it is basic. It's not a want. It is no more selfish to pursue joy than it is to stand in the sun to get warm. Your portion of light and heat does nothing to affect the amount that others get if they stand with you under the same sun. Joy radiates into life limitlessly. Joy is a staple of life that God provides in abundance for those who open their heart to it, who adjust their perspective so as to focus on its source. Joy is all of ours for the taking. All we need to do is order our thoughts, our priorities, our desires to fit with the truth about life. Time and time again, life confronts us with people who have suffered beyond anything we could imagine, and yet they are full of joy. They are happy. They are content. They are smiling. They know something. Everything about them suggests they have reached a deeper level of understanding, doesn't it? They're untouchable, those people. That's because joy is also wisdom. It's the ability to hold things in their proper balance. It's to silence your own ego and not rate life based on what benefits you get or what profits you make, but what best reflects your God-given calling in life. In feeling the extreme that is joy, we can realise our outer limits the outer limits of ourselves, or even perhaps break new ground and, in so doing, be forced to admit to ourselves that what we have in life is good. It's enough. It's more than we could ask for. To feel joy is to admit admit that we aren't entitled to any more than that which we already have. Those things we have are accepted as gifts. You cannot feel joy about receiving a thing you thought you were entitled to, can you? A sense of entitlement can only ever lead you to divide life into two incredibly boring categories, acceptable or unacceptable. Joy has nothing to do with optimism or pessimism. It's utterly disinterested with small-minded human assessments of glasses being half empty or half full. Joy arrives and your cup overflows. It's beyond our expectation, period. It's impossible to live a life of joy and be a moaner. 
Joy comes from knowing that true justice, if you were to face it for everything you ever did, said or thought, if all your chickens, including the secret ones, came home to roost, you'd be banged to rights, and yet somehow forgiveness and the chance to go on living tomorrow and thriving underpins your every move. And joy is most gloriously depicted by the moments that we've seen this evening in this nativity. Joy finds its source in God. Joy didn't arrive as an emotion. Joy arrived as a human being in that baby. Did you hear what Neoma read to us, those three verses? When the angels appeared to those young guys sat on a hill. For all we know, these shepherds were sat, not with a traffic cone and a can of coke, but maybe with another plinth and another target, just spending the day, spending the night, the way that me and my mate Chris were that day. But the joy that they experienced was a joy where heaven touched earth. It took them outside of themselves completely didn't it joy came in like a force for them it didn't just make them happy it made them ask the real questions of life it was the beginning for them of their journey and so I want to ask a question of everybody whether you've come to church all your life and followed Jesus for years or whether this is your first time in a church this evening here we are feeling joyful because we're seeing these wonderful young people do all this stuff, talking about joy, considering the arrival of Jesus, just as those shepherds did, is it the beginning of a new journey for you? Are you overwhelmed tonight? When I said to you, what's that thing in your life that you're really struggling with? What did you think of? Maybe for some of you, there's something that has just been ringing in your ears for ages that you've never dealt with. God wants to speak to you about that. Whether you've spoken to him before or not, he wants you to start talking to him about that. That's why he sent his son. But there is that deeper problem, isn't there? There's the deeper problem of how we handle our distance from God. And in there we find the deepest joy. There is a way for each and every person in this room to find out who they really are and how much God truly, truly loves them. Take the opportunity tonight. Don't leave without talking to someone. I'll be around. Chat to me if you've got questions. Let me just pray and then we'll move on. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much that you gave us Jesus. I want to thank you so much that you gave us joy. We look around at this world, Lord God, and we see a cost of living crisis here. And we see um, the the remnants of of a pandemic there. And we see leaders that sometimes we struggle to trust. And we see our work problems and our school problems and all of this stuff. And it feels like so much goes wrong, actually, Father. But you stepped in. You stepped in not with judgment, not by saying it's not good enough and I'm having nothing to do with it, not with 
not with anything other than love and peace and joy. And so we want to say thank you, Lord God. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would be working in my heart and the hearts of all present here, that we might be able to learn more about you and take that step. Take us on that journey, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.